Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you're there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Sweet Lady Tip, today, our message, me and Pastor Tony were talking a couple of weeks ago, and he said something, I said, I think that's what the topic will be about today. And our topic today that I am going to speak from is give me back my Jesus. Give me back my Jesus. Lady Tiff, there's another side of me that some of you will probably get to know. And this is why I have this hat. But I can go there. I can be like real reserved and all sweet. But my middle name is Dewana. Tiffany Dewana Cooper Jones. And I will go there with you. And when it comes to Jesus, that's one thing I want you to know about me. I don't play no games. I don't play no games with my Savior, with my Lord, the one that has kept me, the one that provides everything for me, the one that sustains me, the one that is my joy, the one that is my rock, the one that is my hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So yes, I will fight you when you talk about my Jesus. So today we're going to say, give me back my Jesus. And while we're talking about giving me back, because as Pastor Tony said before, the world is trying to take him away. The world is trying to make the very existence of Jesus null and void. They don't want us talking about him. They don't want to say anything about him. Oh, there is just something inside of you. Oh, it's just, you know, that's not Jesus. He was just something else. He was another spiritual leader. And I want, I've got, I've, I always like to do a little bit of studying. And I am not going to be before you really long, but I, I know that God I pray that he, what, what he has given me to say, that it resounds in your heart and in your spirit. I love doing a little bit of research just to see, you know, we're, we're in here all the time clapping our hands and Jesus, Jesus. But what is the world saying about it? What's the world? What, what do they think about Jesus outside? So I looked up, well, Barner Group is a, one of a, a great research company based. And they said the first, one of the first things is about what Americans believe about Jesus was that a vast majority believe that he was a real person. Okay, so I was like, okay, cool. They believe that he's a real person. You know, but, you know, that, that, I was like, okay, that's all right. But still, that didn't really sit too well with me. Also, the next thing they said that younger generations are increasingly less likely to believe Jesus was God. Okay, so that means younger generations are now saying, okay, they're less likely to believe that Jesus was God. Okay, so they're trying to take our Jesus. They're not believing. They're not receiving. So if they didn't believe he was God, then the next thing most Americans were divided on whether or not Jesus was sinless. Because if he doesn't believe that he's God, then they believe he's, you know, another spiritual leader. Or they believe that he's just this, you know, made up person. Or believe that, yeah, he was just, he was a prophet. But there's so much more to him than what a lot of people are believing. So then we can't, then if we don't believe that he's Jesus and he's, he's a part of God, then that's why the next statistic said that they were divided on whether he was sinless or not. And we know Jesus bore no sin. He had no sin. There was nothing in him. He was pure. The next statistic was like that our millennials, those people that are about 18 to 34, 
they're much less likely than any other group to have made a personal commitment to Jesus. That means they might think that he's that real person. They may say, yes, you know, he may have been God, but I'm, I don't, I'm not going to really be committed that much to him. Commitment. Commitment. Something that you're going to stand with. Something that you're going to be loyal to. Something that you're going to believe. If you're not committed to Jesus, so then my question is, how do you develop a relationship with him? They're trying to take your Jesus. And this is, that was the, 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 the largest percentage was our millennials. Again, that 18 to 34. 46% of those people were believing, you know, I'm not going to really be committed to Jesus. So what does that mean? Part of that, so that means if that 18 to 34 group, and most of them have children, a lot of us in here are in that group. If you have children, that means how are you going to share Jesus with your children if it's something you're not committed to? Or something that you're not believing. So you see how Jesus is just slipping away from generation. Now our elders, our generation X, they were the solid group. But my fear became, you know, as grandma and, and me, mommy, and everybody disappears, who's going to carry it on if this next generation is saying, I'm not committed to him. I don't have time for him. He's not God. He's not sinless. Where are we going to be? And then our, the last statistic about what Americans are believing about Jesus was people are conflicted between Jesus and good deeds to get to heaven. Oh, so that means I can just go and buy some coats. I can just give you some money. I can just fix you some supper every now and then, some dinner. I go wash your car. Those things are great because we are learning around here. We're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But your good deeds will not get you into heaven. Your good deeds will not get you there. Another part of that statistic was it was interesting to me. And I said, it, just, it was a lot of good stuff. And I'm not going to bore you with all of it. But as African Americans, we were more committed than the other ethnicities. They said that, but, um, and we've talked about this a lot. People that made more money were less committed than people that made lesser money. We've talked about that because when we, the more God blesses, the more people obtain, they think that they're the ones that are doing that and not God. So that, that, these are the foundations when I said, give me back my Jesus. Give me back the rock, the one that sustains me, the one that keeps me. I will say that God had no sin. I will be committed to Jesus. Hallelujah. And I realize that it's no goodness of my own. That will get me into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. So let's look at now. That's what the world is saying. But ever since, and we saw it last night, from the beginning of time, they've been trying to take Jesus. Matthew, and you can turn to Matthew second chapter. They did it so great last night in our play. Matthew second chapter. And I'll read it. I'll read it for you. And scripture says, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, Judea. In the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that he is born king of Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. 
And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Just in case you didn't know, Herod didn't want to go worship him. Herod wasn't even thinking about that. Let me tell you a little bit about Herod. He was wealthy, pol politically gifted, very loyal, excellent administrator. His famine relief was superb. A lot of famine was going on during that time. And his building projects magnificent. But he loved power. He loved power. He inflicted heavily taxes on his people. And he resented the fact that many Jews believed that he, was, he obtained his position without legal right. Herod didn't want to go worship him. He was trying to take our Jesus. He was trying to kill him. He was trying to destroy him. But by God, when it was time to leave, the scripture goes on to say, the wise men didn't even go back. God had instructed them when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Then after the wise men were gone and an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and told him, get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. Then the angel said, stay there until I tell him to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Even at birth. So that night Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I call my son out of Egypt. Jesus, this is not something that we talk about in the New Testament. The prophecy that they're talking about can be found in Micah 5. And I'll read that to you as far as what it says as well. It says, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephraim, are only small villages among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel will come from you. This is the Old Testament. Prophesying about Jesus that's coming in the New Testament. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. The woman in labor, what we saw was Mary. Hallelujah. Then at last his fellow countrymen will turn from exile to their own land and he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength and the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed for he will be highly honored around the world and he will, will be the sure source of peace already predicting to be the source of peace. Does anybody need peace in this place? If you don't feel like you need it now, that's what Jesus has to give. You don't know what life will bring. You don't know what 2017 will bring. But Jesus will be your peace. Jesus is the peace. Hallelujah. Peace in my mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peace, God, we need. Peace, he said he would leave with us. We thank you, God, for your peace. Don't take my Jesus. Because then I'm going to be walking around without my mind. I'm going to be walking around without hope. I'm going to be walking around confused. Jesus is the antidote for that. He will give you perfect peace. If you keep your mind stayed on him. Hallelujah. Give him, keep your mind stayed on him. So a stir begins. As soon 
soon as Jesus was born. Hallelujah. He hadn't spoken a word, hadn't said nothing, just a baby. Hadn't said anything, but a stir is starting to rise about this king of the Jews that was born. He's not proclaimed one single doctrine, hadn't said anything about that. All you hear is just cries, just like a regular baby. You can see nothing but an infant weakness. Hallelujah. But still his influence upon the world is manifest. Let's imagine that there's an infinite power even in an infant savior. Infinite power even in a baby, even in a savior. We're talking about our Jesus, King of the Jews. God, we love you and we thank you, God, that the plan to take you even at birth, God, did not go forward. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being born. And we thank God. So it didn't stop there. All through his ministry, all through his ministry, there are about six trials that Jesus, he had to go before. Three, he was probably found innocent. Three, he was found guilty. I want us to take a look at the first and this is going on, like Pastor Tony was saying, we can't talk about his birth without talking about him dying. So in, and in, so in John 18, it started with Annas. He was um, Caiaphas, Caiaphas, his father-in-law. So they're bringing Jesus in. And they're questioning him now about his doctrine. Now he's teaching. They're questioning him and saying, what, what are you doing, Jesus? And he said, I'm just telling the truth. I'm just telling the truth. I taught in the synagogues. I taught in the temples. I didn't go outside of there. I'm just telling the truth. They didn't like that. One of the soldiers smacked him in the face. And I guess because Jesus had something to say back. They took him on to Caiaphas. Who already that year, he said, okay, we're going to kill somebody anyway. So they've already had that sitting on. But he did not find any fault for him. Even when he went before him, they didn't find. And this is the story that we know leading up to Jesus' crucifixion. They didn't find any fault in him. It was his people, it was his own that said, yeah, go ahead and crucify him. Go ahead, go ahead and let it be done. But Jesus said, and this scripture, it stood out to me. This is what he told Caiaphas. He said, and that's in John 18, 36 and, 30, and 37. It says, Jesus proclaimed. He simply told them, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were my servants, my fellow brethren, the people who walk with me, they wouldn't fight to prevent my arrest from the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is in another place. So then Pilate's response was, you are king then. Jesus said, Jesus had a good little tone too. He said, you say that I'm king. He said, in fact, I want you to listen carefully to this. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Ooh, I said, good gracious. He came into this world to testify the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What side of truth are you on? Truth is a funny thing. The other question I said, can you handle the truth? Sometimes it's hard to give truth. Sometimes in church, sometimes outside people, you know, it's like, man, I don't know if they'll receive that. I don't know how they're going to take that. 
I don't know if they're going to start fooling with me. I don't know how they're going to give that truth. But Jesus said, and I saw in this, I said, man, when I'm giving truth, when we're giving truth, we're only being more like Jesus. We're only being more like him. That's what he did. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Is your heart after the righteous? Is your heart after doing good? Yeah, we fall down. Don't make some mistakes. But in your heart, do you desire to do what it is God has for you to do? Do you desire to live a life of truth? Can you handle the truth? The truth shall set you free. It will. So this is, but this is what I want also to tell you about the truth. Colossians 4 and 6. If you're ever in the situation, if you're ever in the situation, if you follow this principle, then you won't have to worry about, you know, just let it fall where it may. That scripture says, let your conversations always be full of grace. Season with salt that you may know how to answer everyone. Give it in love. Let it always be full of grace. Season with salt and that you know how to answer everyone. I think if we can follow that principle, then given the truth, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. And then I've gotten to a point in life where I say, God, I think I want to please you more than I want to please man. So if I have to do it, if I have to just pray, Lord, help me, help me, help me. If I have to deny what I want to do, then I'd rather be in the place and I'd be, rather be on the side of truth that listens. Hallelujah. Not to hear the Savior's voice. You can do it, people of God. Be on the side of truth. Listen to what God is saying. You may have to do it over the holidays. You may have to tell your family, your loved ones, I don't know where God is going to place you in. But he will equip you. He will grace you and give you exactly what you need to. Just let it be full of grace. Different people can take different things, but God will give you exactly what you need to stay. And then we know how this story ends. Jesus ended up dying. He ended up being crucified. Oh, he was so humiliated. He was beaten. He was whipped. The crown of thorns on his head. But the wonderful thing about that story, on the third day, on the third day we know, the women went to the tomb and the angels were like, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Give me my Jesus. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's living inside of you. He's living inside of you. He is for you. He is with you. He does not want you to fail. He does not want you to fail. He doesn't want you to live a life of misery. He wants you to live a life of abundance. Give me Jesus. My mother can't do it. My father can't do it. Your husband, your family, your friends. Men, women can't do what Jesus can do. He is living. He is not dead. He, is, he will take residence right in the pit of your soul. Just allow him. Give me my Jesus, my sweet Savior, who died for me before he even knew anything about me. But he knew my life. He knew the plans. He knew the way that I would take. And we praise him. 
for being such an awesome savior. Jesus makes God visible. Jesus makes change possible. Jesus makes happiness attainable. Jesus makes suffering understandable. Jesus makes sin forgivable. There's no condemnation in Christ. There's no condemnation. You don't have to be a slave to sin. Jesus will come and cleanse you. He will come and wash you with his blood. Jesus makes heaven attainable. Will you defend him? Is he your Jesus? Is he your Jesus? Can you take a stand like the little girl and say, give me back my Jesus. Give me the one that gives me hope. Give me the one that gives me peace. Give me the one that's living inside of me. Give me the one that leads, teaches, and guides me to all truth and understanding. Give me the one when I'm afraid who helps me stand bold as a lion. Give me back my Jesus. I need him with me. I need him guiding me. I need him leading me. Don't let the world take your Jesus. Defend him with everything that you have inside of you. Defend his name. Defend his righteousness. Don't let him talk about him at work and say that he's not a healer. He is. Don't let him say that he's not a deliverer because he is. He is a strong tower. He is the righteousness of God and run to it when you need to be safe. Run to him when you need covering. Jesus is alive. He's alive, children. He'll be exactly what you need him to be in school. He'll put the right friends. He'll put everything around you that you need. So don't think he can't be your Jesus too. He'll be your Jesus and more. Hallelujah. He'll love you the way that nobody can love you. He'll hold you the way that nobody can hold you. He is Savior. He is Lord. Defend his name. As we go into this next year, make his name great. Don't be a statistic of the world. Don't let him say that he's not real. Keep God in your heart. Keep God in your spirit. Desire to commune with him. Desire to seek his face and not his hand. Can I get everybody to stand? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You know, they tried to take, I guess I could say it that way. They tried to take my Jesus. The enemy did earlier this year. It's getting ready to come up on a year when some of you know that my father went on to be with God. And that was a very tough thing for me. Because, you know, Pastor, you know, Pastor Tony, Lady Tiffany, you know, and I believe God's word. And I believe, and we would go in there and pray and lay hands on that and having worship music and having oil and having prayer cloths. 
and sermons coming in spirit, all the things, hallelujah, that we felt that was right and fitting to God. We decreed and declared the word of God. Because guess what, guys? All I wanted was more time with my daddy. All I wanted, I saw the things that, that, that I felt like, God, I want him to, I, this is what you've given me. I want my daddy to have that too. God, you've given, you've given me so much peace and hope. I want my daddy to have that too. But God had another plan. God had another plan. I learned about the sovereignty of God. So I had a choice to make. All this praying, all this laying hands, all this believing, was it worth it? Was it real? Was God not who he said he was? Oh, my faith was shaken. I said, God, but I believed you. God, I thought, you know, you get your scriptures and you say, oh, yeah, God. God showed me. He said, I will provide. He took me up to a scripture and I said, oh, yep, going to provide. Daddy's healing. That's it. Going to stay on that. God had another plan. God had another plan. But through it all, and why I say, I kept my Jesus. I said, I am saved. That's what God showed. He said, it just, I learned about the salvation, my relationship, my connection of God. When life happens, what do you have? Because I said, if I don't know nothing else, God, it didn't come out the way that I thought it was going to come out, but I know I'm saved. I know that Jesus is my Savior. I know that he is my Lord. I know that he has the plans for me. I know he wants me to win and not fail. So when it wasn't about me, hallelujah, it was about the greater one and his plan. So no, it's not about you, but it's about the plan that God has for your life. So I took my Jesus, got myself together, and said, yes, God is still a healer. I don't care what it looks like. Yes, he'll still care, he'll heal cancer. Yes, if somebody else had an aneurysm, God could bring them back to life. Yes, if you're on dialysis, God can still restore your kidneys. Yes, if you had a heart attack, God can make your heart new. I don't care what nobody says. Jesus is Lord. And I will take my Jesus over any man, over any money. Every day, he is my hope. He is my joy. He is my peace. Everything I need, hallelujah, is in him. You got to know that, people. Life happens all the time. But what we always say, what is going to be your response? What are you going to do? Who are you going to run to? We'll run to Jesus. John 14, 6, and this is the last scripture that I will leave with you. Hallelujah. Jesus answered. And he said, I am the way. There's so many voices. So many ways that you think you can take. But I am the way. The truth. That truth we talked about earlier. And the life. No one comes to the Father 
comes to the Father. Father God, our Lord, our Savior, no one comes to the Father but through me. Oh, give me my Jesus. He's the one that's going to take me to my Father. He's the one that makes heaven attainable. So when I finished my work on this earth, then I can meet Jesus face to face. Anybody want to meet Jesus? God, we honor you today. I want you to close your eyes as I say this prayer to Jesus. I want you to think about where it is that you stand. Can you make that declaration and say, give me back my Jesus? Have you lost him? understanding will you defend him will you make his name righteous hallelujah will you make his name great will you let him be lord and savior in your life will you let him direct your path give me back my Jesus hallelujah for all that you have spoken all that you have said you are the reason for this season there is no Christmas without you there is no Christmas without Christ you are the one that breathes breath into our bodies you are the one that causes each and every organ to function hallelujah you are the one that gives clarity and brings peace to our mind so we thank you for sending your son Jesus we thank you that he was born and had to die. But God, you are so awesome. You are so sovereign. You are so magnificent. You had the plan figured out all together. God, just like the plan you knew for Jesus, you know the plans that you have for us. God, as we almost end another year and go into the next year, God, don't let the world, hallelujah, don't let our family, don't let our children, don't let our friends, still our Jesus our big brother, our advocate the one that's talking on our behalf don't let him take our Jesus let him block out every voice let us sink on things that are lovely and pure and of good report God let them find you, the more that people seek you let them find you cause you're not hiding you are not hiding. The more they seek you, the more, God, that they will find you. And so we thank you for it, God. We honor you. We love you for being our strength, for being our hope of glory. We give you honor and praise just for being our king. And it is our desire, God, that we will live for you we will tell others about your goodness. And then we will tell them, God, when they try to find other ways to you, when they think that bind their way to you, God, when they think all these other things that the world has created and, and will create, 
that we stand upon the solid rock, our foundation, and said that he is the way, the truth, and the light. Nobody comes to the Father except through him. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.